Hello and welcome to another episode of the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast. This is episode 50, the big 5-0. We've made half a century and we will be raising the bats, which I left in the other room, so I can't do it. And it's an audio medium, so you wouldn't be able to see me doing it anyway. Um, in this episode, we'll be uh, discussing the NRL and AFL finals. We'll be doing our AFL grand final preview, uh, and I'll be joined by my dad, David. So welcome to the show, Dad. It's great to have you on. Thanks very much for having me. It's an exciting week, and congratulations on 50 episodes. Yes, thank you. Uh, before we get into the main stuff in the podcast, though, it's time to do the uh the sports overview. So starting, uh, and well, we're going to be exclusively focusing on uh, Formula One. Uh, the 2023 calendar has been announced. So pre-season testing will be in Bahrain at Sakir. Um, then the calendar will follow uh, almost the exact same schedule as this year with China added in, in between Australia and Azerbaijan. Um Azerbaijan comes before Miami, and then the French Grand Prix is completely out of it. Uh, so there's a bit of issue there with the fact that it's jumping from the Middle East to Australia to China to Europe to America back to Europe in the opening six or seven rounds. Uh, so not the best with travel. Uh, there's been a round in Qatar added between Japan and the USA and a round in Las Vegas added between Brazil and Abu Dhabi. So it'll be finishing on November 26th. Uh, next year. The Las Vegas race will be on a Saturday night as well. So some interesting stuff there. On top of that, Yuki Sonoda has signed on with uh, Alpha Tauri. So that's uh, good news for the, the youngster. Uh, but now we're going to move over to the NRL. And last week, uh, there were some real good uh, results for yours and my team's dad. The uh, the Rabbitohs and the Eels. Eels beating the Raiders forty to four. Rabbitohs beating Sharks thirty eight to twelve. Uh, what do you think of the the semi final round? Uh, emotionally, I really quite enjoyed it because I barrack. I was well, obviously I barrack for Parramatta, so I was very pleased that they won. And uh, I think it's the first final they've won in since two thousand and nine. So that's been quite a while. And uh, I was pleased to South to have a victory, given that we were. Uh, watching it with family members who are all South supporters. Uh, and I think it sets up an intriguing uh, round this week. Uh, the semi-final games themselves were both sort of disappointing, I guess, from a competitive point of view because they were both so one-sided. But there was some fantastic football played by both Parramatta and Souths. And if they can replicate that this weekend, then we, we can look forward to uh, two uh, uh, fantastic Preliminary finals. Uh, Parramatta, of course, have to go to North Queensland who have a good finals record against Parramatta and uh, and will be very hard to beat on their home deck. And, of course, South Sydney have to play Penrith, so that's a replay of last year's grand final. And uh, I think there'll be a fair bit of heat in that game and it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how uh, these games go. So the Cowboys-Eels game, that'll be Friday night, 7.50. Uh, when these teams met this year in round eight, the Eels smashed the uh, – sorry, the Cowboys smashed the Eels 35-4 to in a, in a dominant um, display from, uh, from North Queensland, and that was the only time they met this year. South's Panthers game will be uh, on – uh, the Saturday, 7.50 after the AFL. Um, 
that's uh, going to be an intriguing game when Penrith won. Uh, sorry, when Penrith played them this year, Penrith won twenty six to twelve. Uh, that was uh, back in round four uh, on April Fools, actually. Um, and uh, then in round twenty three, Penrith just got over the line twenty six twenty two, and of course Penrith won the grand final last year. Although Souths did manage to win the qualifying final last year, so. Uh, some interesting things going on with uh, these games. And then, of course, the winners uh, will go into the grand final next Sunday. I think it's the the second that game will be on. Uh, but now we're going to move over to the, the main event that we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to start with preliminary final week in the AFL. Geelong played Brisbane, and it was a dominant display from Geelong. Uh, what do you think of the game, Dad? Geelong were very powerful throughout that game. They started well. Uh, they, they built an, an early lead through the second quarter. They capitalised on the scoreboard. And then uh, the, the second half, uh, particularly in the third quarter, they really blew the game open. Uh, they, they led by more than 10 goals for most of the second half and sort of cruised to victory. There was one minor injury concern to Max Holmes, but I noticed he's been... Uh, selected tonight in the teams that have come out. But uh, Brisbane were very disappointing and Geelong were very good in, in, that, in that prelim. And uh, Geelong, uh, yeah, just out, outplayed them in every facet of the game, I think. Yeah, it was certainly a dominant display uh, from Geelong. Uh, very good uh, watching on as a Geelong fan. I mean, 71-point win in a prelim uh, usually usually bodes well for the team involved, especially after all the prelim losses we've had. Um, it was just a really, really good performance from the Cats, um, particularly, you know, a bit even in the first quarter, but that second quarter, three goals to one uh, solid defence, and then that set us up for a seven-goal third term, uh, just blowing the game away. Tom Hawkins... Uh, played really well. He kicked uh, four goals, three in the end. Tyson Stengel getting three goals and Dangerfield in in incredible form. Um, Brian Myers also had quite a nice game. Zach Guthrie coming out of defence. It just seems to be all working uh, for Geelong right now. 15-game winning streak we're on. Uh, but the other preliminary final was a bit more interesting, a bit more fun to watch. It was between uh, Sydney and Collingwood, and it was a real, real close one. Um, what did you what did you think of the the other prelim, Dad? Oh, what a thrilling contest! Uh, Sydney started very well. They kicked the first four goals of the game. I think Collingwood took sort of fifteen or twenty minutes to settle into the game, and and Sydney opened up a lead, which they held throughout the second quarter, and it extended out to six goals in the third quarter. And then Collingwood did what Collingwood have done all year. They just won't go away, and they fought their way back into the game. They got on top around the midfield, and that led to a very, very exciting uh, fourth quarter in which they kept coming and coming and coming and uh, got agonisingly within one point. And uh, the siren went and Sydney still happened to be in front. And so Sydney made it through and Collingwood missed out, uh, which would be, uh, you know, that's when you see the ecstasy and the, the devastation of football in in one moment. Uh you know, Collingwood, to their credit, they've had a, a, an astonishingly good year coming from 17th on the ladder last year. They've uh, played really well. They've had a lot of close wins and you can look at that and think, well, they've kind of fluked their way there. But the fact that they know how to 
uh, play so well uh, in clutch moments and, and continue to take games off teams, you know, full credit to them. They have come across both Geelong and Sydney. They've lost by six points and one point in the finals. So it's sort of come back to bite them a little bit. But, uh, you know, credit to Geelong and Sydney, I guess, in that they were able to hold off what Colling would have done all year. And uh, um, But what a, what a thrilling contest. Uh, just a fabulous game to watch, but very nerve-wracking uh, for people involved. Yeah, it was certainly a, a very nerve-wracking game. Collingwood, I uh, believe, hold the record for most wins by 10 points or less. They got 10 of them uh, throughout the season. Uh, also had three losses uh, by those margins, including those two finals. Um, so uh, I think it's fair to say they're one of the worst uh, teams in terms of ability, but since they just have that fight and spirit, that they, they were there every game, and that that's how they got to a prelim. Um, so you know, good on them. But as as a non Collingwood fan who doesn't really like them, it's about time they lost. So sucked in. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, that that pushes Sydney uh into into the grand final to face Geelong. They're on a nine game winning streak. Um. Which uh, brings us to this week's stat of the week, uh, which is a segment I haven't done for about six months now. Uh, and that is that Sydney and Geelong combined have the highest winning streaks heading into a grand final of all time. Uh, between the two, 15 and nine, uh, that equals 24, if my, uh, if my mathematics is uh, correct. And uh, this is a record. I believe the previous one was 14 and six, but that was like 1902 or something. So, you know, way, way back in the day. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's a little fun record for you. Uh, but then uh, the next big thing in the AFL world was Sunday night, Brownlow medal. Uh, Dad, you're a Carlson supporter. And it was Patrick Cripps who uh, took out the main, the main medal. Carlson, I believe he's Carlson captain. Um, but... You know, there, there are obviously a few people in it and it was a very tight count. But uh, um, what have you thought of his season as a, as a Carlton fan? Uh, he was fantastic. He, he started the year really, really well and he got uh, a number of best on grounds in the first 10 rounds, which set him up uh, near the top of the, the, the Brownlow count for the rest of the night. And then he, he had a couple of good games coming home at the end as well. Uh, you know, going into the night, uh, he was considered to be one of the top few. I thought Lockie Neal was probably the favourite from Brisbane. Andrew Brayshaw had a very good year, Fremantle. Uh, Took Miller was was favoured by a number of people, a Gold Coast player. And then, of course, you got your Melbourne trio of Petrarca, Gorn and Oliver, um, but probably taking votes off each other might have been hard for them. Uh, it was a thrilling count, just like we've had so many thrilling uh, weeks of the football season. It uh, literally boiled down to the last game. And, of course, the way they orchestrated it meant that they read out the votes for the Carlton-Collingwood game uh, last. Uh, Patrick Cripps was uh, two, two votes behind going into the last game. And, uh, of course, Carlton had suffered that devastating one-point loss to Collingwood, but Cripper had played an absolute blinder. And uh, 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 Gil McLaughlin... You know, three votes, P. Cripps, Carlton, uh, and he won by one vote, which was uh, fabulous. I'm, I'm really pleased for him. Uh, apart from you know, probably the last two years, he dropped a little bit. But prior to that, he'd had a number of good seasons and uh, a number of good people had said, oh, he'll probably win a Brownlow one day, and that day's come. 
So that's a thrill. He's only the sixth player for Carlton to have ever won a Brownlow medal. Uh, so that's exciting. And uh, congratulations to him. Uh, hopefully, that will inspire more of the team next year to uh, go with him because, in a way, it still exposes the issue with Carlton in that they're still dependent on too few and they need a more even performance across the board to, to play successful winning football. But congratulations, Patrick Cripps. Well-deserved. Yeah, it certainly was a well-deserved Brownlow. He had a, a fantastic season. And uh, like you said, hopefully Carlton, some of the other players can be uh, getting the job done uh, next season. Now we're going to move on to the rest of the week in our AFL land. And a few things have happened. The first thing is a uh, massive, massive story has broken. And that's that Brett, Brett Kirk has broken his silence on the famous Thanks Basil speech. Um, but just rivaling that in terms of importance is uh, a scandal at Hawthorne, um, which has been uh, going down. Uh, and that is that uh, there have been some unfortunate allegations against Alastair Clarkson and Chris Fagan of uh, encouraging Indigenous players to get an abortion, their, their partners to get an abortion so they could focus on footy. Um, I think it's fair to say that's not good. Um, and they've both been stood down from their coaching jobs uh, until the investigation is complete, although they have denied the allegations. That was broken on the ABC by, I think it's Russell Jackson, his name is. So that's a, a huge story that you might want to keep your eye on, although it is very distressing. Uh, so you might not want to over the uh, the next few weeks, and we wish all involved the best. And I really hope that our... Uh, the anonymous Ian in that story doesn't turn out to be a guy with the surname Rioli because that would be very, uh, very sad given the uh, the treatment he's been through. Uh, but on to some uh, other things. Recently, the just a, about an hour ago, the teams were announced for the grand final uh, and there's some big selection news. Max Holmes, who was uh, a bit iffy last week, he's been named in the side. Uh our uh, last Stevie J 2011 with his, with his bung knee. Uh, Sydney have made a huge course. Sam Reed, uh, who's in a similar position, he's been picked. Um, and then Campbell and O'Connor are still the medical subs. But uh, Hayden McLean, who hasn't played since round eight, has been selected ahead of Luke McDonald. That's uh, big news, Dad. Uh, I mean, what do you think of this? You must be feeling bad for Luke McDonald at this stage. Uh, Logan McDonald would be feeling uh, oh, shattered Logan, at the Logan moment. Even. <laughs> um, that's a that's a really hard thing to to be dropped for the grand final. Uh, McLean's not even on the the list in the footy record as a possibility of playing. That's how sort of left field uh, this decision is. I'm still not convinced that Sam Reed will play. So it might be that Logan McDonald comes back in for him, or he's picked as the emergency or something. Uh, the Medi sub. So I'm really not sure, but I really feel for Logan McDonald. That's that's always hard to get dropped for a grand final. Yep. Yeah, it is. And you do got to uh, feel bad for him. Just some, in some other news, Sean Higgins, Geelong player, has uh, called, called time on his game. He's retiring. He will not be playing this Saturday. He hasn't been in our team much at all this year after being uh, traded in uh, last year um, or rather the year before. But... Uh, He's retiring. Uh, there's been a, a few other retirements and uh, delistings recently. Also, uh, some some trade stories with uh, Fremantle seems to be a, a bit of an exodus there. Lloyd Meek has announced he wants to leave on top of 
uh, Acres and Logan just seems a lot of players want to leave. Josh Dunkley uh, wants to leave the Bulldogs. Um, Bobby Hill wants to leave the Giants. So it looks like it's going to be a big trade period, but that's a problem for for a couple of weeks' time. Uh, now it's time to focus on uh, on this Saturday, 2.30, uh, down the MCG, Geelong versus Sydney. It's going to be a big game. And, I mean, there's there's so much to focus on in the uh, in the Daniel Menzel, Gary Rowan, Tom Harley Cup uh, that's happening. But, uh, I mean, you can start us off, Dad. What's your what's your first uh, points that you'd like to, you know, talk about uh, regarding this game? Oh, there's so much to look forward to. So they've played once earlier in the year, but it was back in round two. It was when uh, Lance Franklin kicked his 1,000th goal. And on that night, Sydney won quite comfortably against Geelong. But uh, I think Geelong was still adapting to their new game style. That game was at the SCG. This game will be at the MCG. So I'm not sure how much uh, credence that has. Uh, Sydney have the longest winning streak against Geelong. They've won their past two games. Uh, so that's the most of any team in the comp. Uh, um, but, yeah, there's just so much intrigue. There's uh, fantastic players across all the lines. I think Geelong have markedly improved uh, to what they have been in the previous couple of years, and Sydney obviously have as well. Uh, um, I just think there's, there's so much intrigue. So Dane Rampey, for example, from Sydney, has a, an excellent record against Jeremy Cameron over the last five or six games. Uh, Jeremy Cameron's kicked three goals once and then the rest of the time got zero or one. Uh, Tom Hawkins doesn't have a good record uh, against uh, Sydney, I don't think. And, uh, and, and so that's intriguing as well. Uh, up the other end, you've got Lance Franklin, who's just signed a, a one-year extension on his contract, uh, but he'll probably pick up someone like uh, Sam DeConing. So can the young fella... Uh, hold out the experience and and, and uh, guile of, of someone like Lance Franklin. And, uh, of course, you've got midfield battle of, uh, you know, guys like Cam Guthrie and uh, um, uh, Adkins, uh, Dangerfield, of course, and, and then guys like Parker and uh, Will Hayward and Ollie Florent, Callum Mills, uh, they all loom as, as potentially dangerous people. Uh, you've got dangerous small forwards at one end. You've got Isaac Heaney and uh, Tom Patley. Up the other end, you've got uh, Stengel and uh, 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 Gary Rowan. So there's, there's just so much intrigue. There's so much to look forward to in this game. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Looking at the past few times these teams have played in finals, uh, 2017, Geelong won uh, 98-39. I think that's my favourite game of footy of all time. Danger was sent down forward. He kicked, I think, four goals in the first half, just dominated, tore that game apart. Year before, Sydney smashed Geelong in the prelim. It was something like 11-12 goals. And then before that is, of course, the infamous Nick Davis game where Geelong led the whole game, but Sydney were just kind of in it. Nick Davis gets four last quarter goals, including one with 10 seconds to go. And that's a brilliant call from Anthony Hudson, who's, of course, a Geelong fan. Uh, he was heartbroken, but managed to uh, to get the words out. Um, so there's, there's some of the last times these teams have met 
uh, in finals. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, like you said, Sydney have the, the biggest winning streak against Geelong, but that round two game is the longest uh, distance in terms of days from when the grand final teams last played to the grand final. Uh, the, the next longest one was 2013. Hawthorne Fremantle played in round four and then in the grand final. This is obviously round two, so a couple of weeks earlier. Like you said, matchups are going to be interesting. Stories all over the ground, uh, particularly Paddy Dangerfield never won a, a premiership uh, before. He'll be out there in front of, uh, I think this will be his first grand final in front of the MCG crowd. He obviously played in the COVID-affected one back in uh, 2020. Uh, for Sydney, there's also a lot of stories, uh, although it feels a bit less uh, sentimental now, now knowing that Buddy's playing on for an extra year. I think if uh, he was uh, out of contract, there'd be a bit more intrigue there. Uh, but it's time for the, the uncomfortable time where we have to try to uh, make our predictions. So, Dad, can I get a, a winner, a margin, and a Norm Smith from you? Yeah, I think... Uh, I'm going to tip Geelong by 20 points. Uh, the Norm Smith medalist, I've I've boiled down, and I know this feels so cliched, I'm tipping Dangerfield. Uh, I, I, I considered uh, Jeremy Cameron, uh, Cameron Guthrie, Tom Stewart, Blitzavs. Uh, for the Swans, I considered Chad Warner and Isaac Heaney, Callum Mills, uh, Lance Franklin and Luke Parker. But I'm going to go with Geelong by 20 points and Patrick Dangerfield as the Norm Smith medalist. Yeah, well, when we were here this time last year, you were saying Melbourne uh, relatively comfortably in Petrarca as Norm Smith. And boy, I hope you're right again, because I'd love to see Danger get a Norm Smith medal. Um, part of me wonders, because uh, I know in 2017 and 19 with those Richmond premierships, Dustin Mann won the Norm Smith and there was an element of, did he really deserve that? Or was that kind of just the storyline from there? And I do wonder if Geelong win, if it's just a, a bit of a, a <laughs> pre-planned thing that uh, Dangerfield will get the Norm Smith medal. That's not to call into question his ability. He'll, he will play fantastically. Being a Geelong fan, I cannot tip against Geelong. I just, I can't do it. So I'm going to be tipping Geelong by 24. Um, I think similarly, I think the best on ground, I think the best on ground could be Tom Atkins or Cam Guthrie, but I do think Dangerfield will get the Norm Smith medal. I think if he gets 25 and a goal and Geelong win, he's he's got it locked in. Um, and hopefully it'll be a really uh, special moment for for Geelong fans. So that game's at 2.30, um, although I'm sure there'll be uh, coverage on Channel 7 uh, and Fox for the for the whole day, really. Um, but do you do you have any uh, final things to say about the grand final, Dad? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, firstly, congratulations to umpire Brendan Hosking. Will be making his grand final debut. Although I noticed he's not listed in the footy record either, so I'm not sure where he's come from for that. But also Matt Stevick and Simon Meredith, who have uh, um, Meredith has already umpired six grand finals and Stavik has already umpired nine. So congratulations to them. I uh, hope they have a great day. And uh, just to, to make a note that Cameron Ling will present the Premiership Cup to Geelong if they win it. And Paul Kelly, who's one of my favourite Sydney Swan players of all time, uh, will get that privilege if it's a Sydney victory. And uh, I read today that John Nichols will present the coach with the Jock McHale medal 
uh, on the day. So look forward to seeing those guys out on the ground as well. But can't wait. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss the first half because I've got another commitment, but I can't wait to get home and, and catch the second half action. And uh, and good luck, mate. I hope Geelong win. Yeah, I hope they do too. Uh, it's going to be a, a real, real uh, big day for me when uh, when your team's in in the grand final, certainly going to be a, a great game. Um, and I mean, may the best team win and Geelong is the best team. So, I mean, I think that really sums up my opinions. Just before we uh, finish up the episode, some things I neglected to mention in the sports overview is cricket related stuff. Australia has uh, beaten uh, India in the first T20 over there, including a fantastic knock from Cameron Green, uh, as he was opening, because uh, David Warner uh, wasn't playing. That got him man of the match. Australia chased down 200. And also, I've just read here, the ICC has outlawed uh, some uh, interesting uh, things where a batsman is now no longer allowed to step off the pitch to smash a ball, uh, which means if a bowler balls are wide or a no ball, there will be some... Uh, uh, saving of, of face uh, as the batsman now isn't allowed to chase after it to smack it away. Uh, and uh, there's there's also some uh, a complete ban of saliva and our new batters will be forced to take the strike after catches, even if the, the other batters have crossed and all that complication. But there's some interesting changes to the cricket laws. Uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. Do you have any final comments about anything we've talked about today? Uh, another great week in sport and uh, very much looking forward to enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, may the best teams win the games. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend of sport. Then, of course, the next weekend, NRL Grand Final, and the weekend after will be Bathurst. So it's going to be a great school holidays of sport. Uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast. So thanks for joining me, Dad. And to anyone listening, thanks for listening. And keep coming back to the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast.